Hello, and welcome to Nostalgia Arcana. I'm your host, Doug Leaf. Each episode of this podcast, we'll look back on the movies, TV, games, people, and phenomena that we still love talking about all these years later, and ask ourselves why these bits of pop culture still enchant us today. This week, we'll be revisiting... Sick Parvis Magnum, greatness from small beginnings. That is the motto of English explorer Sir Francis Drake and his descendant, question mark, Nathan Drake, the subject of today's episode on the Uncharted series of video games. I'm really excited to be talking about this because uh, these games are a whole lot of fun. Uh, and it'll be interesting because this is one of the most recent things we've done on this nostalgia-based podcast. Um, but of course, before we get going, um, I want to introduce you to our guest. He is technically a returning guest because the episode we recorded with him on Muppet Treasure Island has been on hold pending the outcome of the Actors and Writers strike. So I'm really excited for you to hear it, but I definitely wanted to get Josh back on here so you can uh, hear what he has to say without having to wait months and months. So, uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the podcast, Josh Covell. Hey, man. Thank you so much for uh, allowing me to come back on. Second time's the charm, as you know, no one says, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to claim it right now. Uh, second time is the charm. So thanks for having me back on. And yeah, I, Uncharted's an interesting topic. I mean, we, we were kind of bouncing back uh, back and forth a bunch of ideas for this. Um, and I just figured Uncharted is something I, I have more recent nostalgia for. This isn't necessarily a childhood game for me by any stretch of the imagination, but it is a game that I have thoroughly enjoyed for a number of years, a series I've enjoyed for a number of years. Uh, so I figured why not have another chance to gush about one of my favorite series? It's a lot of fun. Uh, this is a, for people who don't know uh, or didn't see the movie, which is most of you, because uh, I don't think the movie <laughs> is great. Um, but the the game series is very much in the mold of Indiana Jones and Tomb yep, Raider. Yep. This is a, you know, spelunking and and uh, treasure solving punctuated by a lot of bang, bang, shoot 'em up action um, with its world traveling hero. And um, yeah, th this is one of these things where like, this is where Naughty Dog, the developer, kind of just took this leap forward in terms of gameplay and storytelling that would take them all the way to their critically acclaimed uh, series, The Last of Us, which way more of the audience probably knows. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. you know, before we even get, I was going to say, before we get too far into Uncharted, um, Josh, uh, tell the folks about the uh, Still Loading podcast and what you do. Yeah, so Still Loading, I describe as a gaming grab bag podcast. I do a little bit of everything on the show. I do interviews with people in the industry. I do interviews with authors and voice actors and actresses and all that good stuff. And then I also do um, a lot of deep dive game retrospectives. I've done actually episodes on all the Uncharted games, uh, actually, with the exception of one, which... 
Um, I don't know when this is coming out, but it I just recently recorded that last one. Actually, while I was at a Retro World Expo, it was a convention. I, I did a panel at somewhat recently, and I met up with a podcasting pal that for the for the longest time we've only been internet friends, and now we're real life friends as well. So that was kind of cool. So I'm going to be covering that last one very soon. Um, but yeah, so I, uh, but I do tons of different things. Um, the most, I would say, the, uh, besides reviews and people and interviews and all that other shenanigans, I'd probably say the other way to describe my show and the reason I call it a gaming grab bag is I just do episodes, little weird ideas that like strike my fancy. So, uh, recently I did an episode called the Final Fantasy Fantasy Draft, and I, I've did I did one last year, did another one this year, and it's basically like what happens when Final Fantasy and Fantasy Sports uh, mix and kind of group together. And trust me, you don't need to know Fantasy Sports to enjoy this episode. It's just a bunch of nerds trying to craft their ideal Final Fantasies out of parts of all the other Final Fantasy games. So yeah, still loading. Uh, it's a long-winded explanation of a lot of the shenanigans that I do, but it's a little bit of everything. Well, that's, that's awesome, and it is definitely worth a listen if, uh, if our audience hasn't checked it out yet. Um, but yeah, let me let me uh, go back to Uncharted. Tell me about your nostalgic memories of Uncharted. Where where did this series start off for you? Is, is this something that you said you weren't a kid, obviously, when this came out? But yeah, so in two thousand, the first game came out in two thousand seven. I would have graduated high school the year that it came out. Um, oh, I'm so old. <laughs> go on. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I would have graduated high school in oh seven. Um, so I. I Uncharted was kind of like my series through college, and I, I didn't really play. I didn't own a PS3 until pretty late in the game. I want to say like 2010, maybe 2009, but I'm I'm leaning more towards 2010. And um, it was one of those things where I had played through the games, and I this this happened a lot with me where it was like I played through a game, I'm like yeah that was fun. And then I didn't really care too much about it. You know, I played through Uncharted. I'm like, yeah, it was fun. And then I wouldn't really touch it. I played through Uncharted 2. I'm like, yeah, it was fine. And then I, I just, for some reason, it just never resonated with me until my buddy Tristan, um, who is also, uh, he's been on my show a bunch of times. Um, he he always somehow picked up the series that I f- would play first, but then he would get more enjoyment out of it. And then his enthusiasm for it became infectious and then i would start getting hooked on it um it's the same for uh my favorite game series uh ratchet and clank uh but you know uh that that unfortunately we're we're being a little proactive with this a little behind the scenes stuff that was going to be our original conversation but uh that may be struck content by the time this episode comes out as well depending on how the the sag after strike happened goes on with uh video games but Uncharted, uh, believe it or not, is, for the most part, not struck material. There's only, like, one or two games that could possibly be struck, which I guess we'll talk about at least a little bit when we get to it. But, uh, yeah, so um, Uncharted, I I didn't – I thought it was okay at first, and then as my friend Tristan got into it, I really started getting hooked on it. Like, I don't know what it was, but it just – for some reason, it was like seeing someone else's enjoyment helped me – help the game click with me and by the time the third game came out which was in 2011 i was just all hands on deck i was beyond excited for this series i pre-ordered uncharted 3 and i (laughs) i remember 
on Facebook, I would I did a countdown like ten like I think it was like even like a week before where I would just give some cryptic like seven days and it was seven days to the midnight release. Um seven days, six days, five days, and all the way down to one. And then I even on the last day I'm like twenty three hours. Twelve <laughs> like I would get it down <laughs> hour by hour. And everyone was like Oh man, like what is what are you doing? Like why are you what's this countdown for? Like why are you why are you doing this? And um it was funny because I uh I I had this whole countdown beyond hyped for this game. Go to my local GameStop at midnight that night only to realize that they weren't having a midnight release at the GameStop I pre-ordered it at. So I did an entire countdown wow. only to not even get to play the game right away um so i didn't i i didn't get it that's a bummer yeah but you know it i that's when i learned how gamestop midnight releases work where they're on a store by store basis not on a by game basis so if you're if a store doesn't get enough pre-orders to warrant a midnight release then there is no midnight release so if Elden Ring, just to use an example of the last game that sold like bonkers numbers, uh, or even, you know, Tears of the Kingdom, right? Um, Tears of the Kingdom, if a GameStop didn't get enough pre-orders, doesn't matter that it's a Zelda title. There's no, there's not going to be a midnight release for it. So, it, I, I who I can explain why these brick and mortar stores are struggling? Um, who could I, have I, guessed? Yeah. <laughs> I love this series. I I did get on with one as well. I started at the ground floor, and I remember so this would have been 2007. I just um, I I passed the bar exam at the end of 2005, and I started my first job as an attorney in early 2006. And so I don't remember when the PS3 came out, but I remember I bought it. Not at launch, but fairly early on as a like a treat to myself for, yeah. I don't know if we won a case or we won a big motion, but it was some professional success I had that I was like, I don't have any dependents and I have a good amount of money. I'm going to treat myself uh, in a way that I would not now that I have a mortgage and kids <laughs> Welcome and everything to being else. an adult, right? Yes. Welcome to being an adult now. Um, but then it was like, sure, why not? I'm going to get myself a PS3. I earned this. Uh, and there's there weren't a whole bunch of games out for it yet. And this was one of them that there was kind of like getting a lot of like, hey, we've got this Uncharted thing. And I liked Uncharted 1. Uncharted 1 is fine. Yes. Um, it's not it's not going to blow your hair back, but it's fine. Uh, but yeah. Uncharted 2 um, was where the series really took off. I mean, I think Uncharted 2 is incredible. And it's I, I refer to it. It's one of the best movies I've ever played. It <laughs> is, it's extremely cinematic. It is kind of a, a plot tube that you go down. Um, which is, you know, that's true of a lot of games. And one of the criticisms this this series has is like, oh, well, it's it's a very on rails, you know, roller coastery type experience. Right. You don't mm-hmm. as a player, there's not a whole lot of player choice. You basically make your way down what is essentially a hallway from the beginning of the game to the end, um, you know, uh, in terms of the way it's structured. And I thought about that and I like I finally figured out, like, why are people criticizing this for this? Like, I realize there's a lot of games that are much more open ended in the way you approach them. On the other hand, do you know what people fucking pay to go to Disneyland for a day? Rides are fun. It's fun to go on a ride. Exactly. Someone built someone built and designed this track for maximum entertainment. So it's OK that, like, not everything about it is, you know, free form 
goofy fun the way like Tears of the Kingdom is. Like it's, it's okay to have an authorial experience where this game is going to like, no, no, we've got you entertained down to the minute. We've got this thing paced out real well. Um, so yeah, like that aspect of it never bothered me. Um, mm-hmm. I guess before we should get it, for, for people who don't know, we should kind of talk about what it is. I did mention it's Indiana Jones-ish, um, but Nathan Drake is nothing like Indy, other than the fact that he's very kind of, you know, debonair or, um, you know, cavalier about things. He's got mm-hmm. a little bit of that, the, the swagger and the charm that Indy has. But, like, Indy has a legitimate day job. He's an archaeology professor. Nathan Drake is a rogue. I am here off the coast of Panama, where we just recovered what we believe to be the coffin of legendary explorer Sir Francis Drake, who was buried at sea over 400 years ago. Are you sure you want to be defiling your ancestors' remains like that? You make it sound so dirty. <laughs> Besides, thought you didn't believe me. Well, I did do my research, and apparently Francis Drake didn't have any children. Well, history can't be wrong, you know. For example, you can't defile an empty coffin. What the hell? Uh, you devil. What is it? Come on, hold it up. No, 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 no way. Deal was for a coffin. That's it. Wait a minute. If my show hadn't have funded this expedition, hey, hey, you wouldn't you have... got your story, lady. Look, Mr. Drake, you signed a contract. <laughs> I have a right to see no, every single thing that... Could that's... you hold that thought? Sully, uh, we got some trouble. Hurry it up. Okay, okay. What's going on? Uh, pirates. Pirates? Yeah, the modern kind. They don't take prisoners. At least not male prisoners. Wait, what are you talking about? Uh, shouldn't we call the authorities or something? That'd be a great idea, but we don't exactly have a permit to be here. What? Yeah, so unless you want to end up in a Panamanian jail, we should probably handle this ourselves. What's worse? You obviously haven't been in a Panamanian jail. Do you know how to use one of these? Uh, yeah, it's like a camera. You just point and shoot, right? Good girl. Here we go. Yes, he just he he's very knowledgeable. He's very intelligent. He knows his he knows his history, but he uh he doesn't yeah he does not have a day job i and i think back to your comment on uh you, you, the the like the linearity of the series it i understand where the criticism comes from and to be honest while i love the game the gameplay itself is pretty basic and i don't want to say bland cuz the bland is up to the person's preference you know do you like the game if you don't like the gameplay it's going to be boring um because you either have, you have essentially two different types of gameplay you have third person shooter mechanics and platforming mechanics and the platforming ones are relatively it's light on the platforming i would say where at, at most you have you don't have too many jumps you have to worry about timing you don't have to worry about like oh can i make this gap or not all the all the levels are pre like all the platforming is pretty well predefined um 
so uh, with the exception of like there's a handful of things where you know like you, you might be swinging on vines or in any in any of the games like you might swing on vines and you have to time your jump off the swing but other than that there's really not a whole lot in terms of challenge in terms of the platforming mechanics where the challenge of the game comes from more is in the combat where it's a lot of cover based shooting um the shooter it it's got decent third person shooter mechanics it's it's fun to me to play still but it's you know when you're looking at like games that really push the boundaries of like what game design is this series has done it in a different way than most other games try to do instead of trying to reinvent the wheel in terms of gameplay they tried to reinvent presentation and you can see that also in the way some of the games are designed like these games are very much designed around set pieces where they will they'll come up with a base idea for a story and then they will start doing coming up with ideas for set pieces and then they will craft the story around those set pieces so that way that you can weave in those narrative beats uh, cohesively and coherently to whatever crazy ridiculous thing they're going to make the player do um that has its benefits and it has its drawbacks its benefits is that you get a lot of really fun unique ideas that you don't really get to see in too many other games in terms of like like uh, visuals and and just the type of platforming and combat you're going to do. The downside is is that sometimes they don't mesh well together. And the example I like to give is on Uncharted Three, where in Uncharted Three, there the one set piece is you platforming in a capsized sinking ocean liner. Uh, it's a really amazing section of the gameplay. It's a lot of fun, but in terms of story, it's not necessary in the slightest. You could literally take that entire level out of the game and it wouldn't change a damn thing as to like what the plot would require. Um, in fact, so much so that when you finish the section and you kind of like you don't really succeed sort of Drake just kind of washes up on shore, but he washes up back where he started when he first got kidnapped onto the ocean liner. So he goes, huh? I'm back at, I think it's Dubai, I think, or it is, or something like that. It's like, oh, that's convenient. And I'm kind of like, uh, come on, Naughty Dog. Like, you're good writers. Like, you could have done better than that. Um, but I, that game had its own share of things. But no, so to, to, to bring it back to what you're saying, like, what I like about the Naughty Dog games are the characters and the stories and the set pieces. But the gameplay elements com- connecting these two, connecting all these, I should say, it's pretty basic. It's third-person shooting and very linear platforming. I will say, though, the, the, while the platforming is not challenging in the way it would be in, say, like a Mario game where it's very much like, oh, how do I you know, get from here to there? Or right? even Naughty Dog's the, Crash the, Bandicoot. Well, yeah, even that. But, like, this is more about um, simulating the experience of, of going on an Indiana Jones type adventure. Yes. So it's the fun of like, yeah, I'm in some dilapidated mansion and I've got to swing on a chandelier to get to a balcony that's collapsing because mm-hmm. behind it is a bookcase with a clue that will lead to the treasure of whatever. Right. Um, you, you know, so it's not meant to be challenging. It's just meant to kind of go, we, um, the combat is a little more challenging. I noticed in the development, they they cited Resident Evil 4 as an influence, and I think that's obvious, because mm-hmm. the, sh- the shooting is very much about where you aim. And for people who don't play a lot of video games, like if you're, if you're in a, like a basic, basic game, 
an enemy shows up and you just shoot at them and they die, right? Here, mm. there's actually thought put into, and this goes back to RE4 where this was a, a big deal, where where you shoot them on their body actually makes a big difference. So the classic example is this guy's coming at you and he's got a grenade. If you shoot him in his arm, he might drop it and then yep. kaboom, right? Um, things like that abound in these games where it's like, oh, if I kneecap this guy, it's different than just shooting for center mass. And that adds some kind of, you know, you know, thought into the moment to moment, especially when you're, when it's getting really hairy, Mm -hmm. um, you're thinking what I need to do is hit that guy in the elbow. So he drops the grenade, but I'm, you know, being harried by like 10 dudes. I don't have the ability to stop and line up a shot that precise. So maybe I'll just lob a grenade in their direction and you know see what happens. Um, I do think the AI on these guys is actually fairly good. And so it makes for these yeah. really tense, but hyper dynamic encounters with all the enemies. And that's just, to me, that is kind of the secret sauce that makes all of the gameplay fun, but you're right. You're really here for the story and the characters. And like, it, this is one of the first series that really put a huge focus on motion capture as well as uh, uh, motion capture and motion capture performance, um, which is which is two different things, which is different from voice acting. Like a lot of people like uh, I don't think it gets enough. Uh, Ro- Roger Clark from Red Dead Redemption 2 always talks about it a lot where it's like motion capture performance is very different than than just straight up voice acting. You're not in a booth just trying to emote you're you're doing you're being very physical there's a lot more physicality into a motion capture performance than there is and i'm not saying one is better than the other it's just they're they're different and a lot of people don't realize that it is very very different and it can be a lot more difficult than you would expect it to be and uh uncharted really kind of pioneered this for game development it was not it was by no means the first game to use motion capture but it was one of the most prolific in its use. I actually did a, when I was mentioning Retro World Expo, I did a panel on the history of James Bond and video games. They did motion capture in GoldenEye. There's really primitive motion capture for all the enemy animations that was done by, oh my God, I forget the dude's name. I wrote it down in my notes and I don't have my notes in front of me, but it was a, a developer at Rare. And I kid you not, it was basically just him in a mocap suit with all of his coworkers just beating the shit out of him, just punching him, pushing him, <laughs> moving him all over the place, just so that way he could get they could get the motion capture data for the animations. Which, uh, what is it? Uh, there was over a thousand animations in that game, and the vast majority of them was just that guy being abused. Uh, which I, just, I don't know. I found that super amusing. So, yeah, and you bring it all the way up to now what we see with Uncharted and what Naughty Dog kind of pioneered. Like I said, they didn't create mocap in video games or they weren't the first to use it, but they really found the most cinematic way to use motion capture for their games. And they do it at a level that is much higher than Mm -hmm. the average developer like there's a reason this team like so the team behind uncharted 2 there was the first one was a a gal named amy hennig um Mm -hmm. who's done a lot of game development and story stuff in her own right um but uncharted 2 is neil Druckmann and bruce uh, straley who would do they would do uncharted 4 they they also did some stuff on 3 but they would create the last of us which now everybody i thought amy hennig did uncharted i'm sorry i thought on uh amy she did did she did work she did work on Uncharted 3, but there was some troubled development for that one. And I believe they were brought in 
at a certain point to like start patching holes in it. I was, it was, yeah. So one of those troubled, uh, troubled development games. Okay. So Amy Hennig was, sorry, it was the uncharted two thing that confused me. Yeah. Amy Hennig, uh, was the director of that game, but she was a co-director with Bruce Straley, who, like you said, did, um, who went on to do last of us. And then, uh, obviously uh, I don't even think Bruce Straley is with the company anymore. I know obviously he's Neil not. Druckmann. I know Neil Druckmann. Well, is, he's the, and I, he runs it now, I believe, but, but I believe if I, and if I'm, I could be wrong on this, but Neil Druckmann is more of the creative and Straley was more of the tech is the division of labor there. So if you're thinking about like the story, like the guy who created the last of us is the one who took the uncharted template and kind of said, what if we upped our game a little bit in terms mm-hmm. of the, the depth of the story and these characters. So this is probably a good time to talk about those characters. So we can start with Nathan who yes. is, uh, we find out, you know, Nathan Drake is he, in the first game, he claims to be a descendant of Sir Francis Drake. That's part of the gimmick. Uh, he is not, he is as no <laughs> befits him. He's a little bit of a con man, but basically he and his brother are, uh, are runaways from an abusive home. We find out, um, where like you know, uncharted four, <laughs> uncharted four, they really, you, you get a hint of it in three. They, they tell you like, Oh yes. you, they, they tell you it's not his real name. And there was something up with it. You know, he was in a, a, a boy's home when he was a teenager. I don't recommend making a scene. You're not exactly here legally, remember? Greatness from small beginnings. (laughs) Beneath that cocky exterior, you're still the same scared, filthy little runaway, aren't you? Skip the mind games. You don't know me. In fact, I suspect I know you better than anyone. Mr. Drake. Of course, that's not your real name, is it? But we won't dwell on that. Mother commits suicide. Father surrenders son to the state at the age of five. Entrusted to the St. Francis Boys' Home. (laughs) It's also Dickensian. (laughs) Oh. Don't worry. She's of no interest to us. Unless, of course, we need to apply a little pressure. It's a sad upbringing for him. Yeah. Uh, which it, And he and his brother hit on the idea of like, well, we'll just say we're descendants of Nathan or of Sir Francis Drake because we, we're enamored with this guy. And their mom was an archaeology buff, too. That was part of it. Yeah. I was actually trying to like look up to see what like because there there is a lot of it, it's funny because as you look through the series you can really see the strength of all the writers and directors of each game so um, Uncharted Four which was uh, Bruce Straley and Neil Druckmann that has a lot more depth in terms of its writing it has a lot more depth in terms of all the character development and a lot there's a lot more story beats it's a lot more of an emotional game which I, I think actually did did it well. Uncharted 1 through 3 and Golden Abyss, the the un, un, the underloved Vita game, which, by the way, is pretty fantastic in my opinion, um, it's a lot more pop fiction. You know, it's a lot more like those, uh, those uh, what's those? Serials. Um, yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's a lot more like those. Uh, so it, Drake is a lot more shallow of a character, and that's not necessarily... 
to say there isn't any depth, uh, specifically in Uncharted 3, where we can use this as a good segue uh, to uh, this other one of the other main characters, Elena, um, Elena Fisher. Um, she she's kind of like the love interest for Drake throughout most of the series. Oh, uh, not most of the series, all of the series, with the exception of one game, Uncharted: Golden Abyss, uh, which supposedly takes place before the rest of this series. But anyway, um, yeah. So there, there's moments. There's a moment in Uncharted Three when you meet Elaine. Not when you meet. Uh, you meet Elena in the first game, but uh, you find out they in reconnect. Yeah, they reconnect, and you find out that they actually, at least at some point in between two and three, got married. And you don't know that it's it's only it's only ever really hinted at. It's never really directly said. But I mean, it's strongly hinted. Like they're playing with wedding rings and stuff. But there's like this really sweet moment where like she's resting on Drake, or Drake is resting on her his head on her lap, and he's trying to apologize. And it's this very heartfelt moment where you can really see like his weaknesses as a character and her strength as a character and this is how she forgives him but not entirely you know she still is like mad at him for all the like bullshit he's done to her but i don't know like it, it's weird because like that that moment is such a touching moment and uncharted 3 is in my opinion while it's a fun game to play is a mess narratively they're loading up a cargo plane at the airport they're gonna make a supply drop to the convoy we got to be on that plane. Exactly. You do realize that means parachuting in, right? <laughs> We've done it before. <laughs> Not well. <laughs> okay. I could really use a glass of water and then we ought to get going. No, 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 no. No, my contact at the airport says that the plane isn't taking off until dawn. In the meantime, just try to get a couple hours sleep. I don't think that's a good idea. Come on. All right? He'll call if anything changes. You're really going to do all this on your own, huh? For Sully? Yeah. I like the way you think. I know. No, I... I mean, that's... I know what you mean. I'm sorry. I know. I like Uncharted 3 a lot, actually. There's a lot of cool stuff in it. You're right, there are certain aspects of it that are like... It reflect the troubled development cycle that, that spawned it, but it does have some strong emotional beats in there and some really good ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Elena, Elena as a character is she's, yeah, like you said, his girl Friday. Um, she is a tough cookie in her own right. She is a photojournalist who meets him as he's going on an expedition, supposedly to discover uh, the lost city of El Dorado. Um, yep. See our old episode on the mysterious cities of gold. Anyway, um, one of the things I like about this is that the MacGuffins in these games, um, in Indiana Jones, the MacGuffin, like the surprise turns out to be, oh, this shit's real, right? That in a spiritual way. So like the yes. the, the Ark of the Covenant 
when in the Raiders of the Lost Ark, like it melts Nazis fucking faces off with the power <laughs> of God. Right. Yep. In, Unch- in Uncharted, when they find the city of El or, or what what is in fact El Dorado, um, it's still su- there are there are still supernatural things going on, but they're never like magical spiritual things. So the the El Dorado turns out to be this gold casket, this like sarcophagus that has this like awful uh, contagion in it that killed all of the people around it and has turned them into like monsters and stuff. Um, you know, so there's it's like a virus. It's more biological, but it isn't like literal gold stuff when we find shangri-la in uncharted 2 right there's yetis they're not yetis they're guys wearing costumes right so it takes the reverse sap of a life tree yeah so there's still like supernatural things happening like i said but it's not mystical stuff it's yeah yeah it's not it's not the so like it there yeah there's still supernatural stuff happening but the but the thing that is supernatural is never what the target is. Like the target in the first game is El Dorado. The target in the second game is Shangri-La. The target in the third game is uh, the Rama of the Pillars. I think Ubar, Ubar. is the name of the yeah, same Ubar. thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the, well, but the city, and that's itself, a good example too. Cause yeah. Cause in that game in, in Uncharted three, you get into the city and at a certain point you were fighting gin, like genies. Yep. And, but of course it turns out it's a hallucination. They're not actual genies there. Yes, right? so, exactly. But in Indiana Jones, it would be like, holy fuck, there's real the genius. The is That's real. That's what happened. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. The, they do a really good job of kind of subverting what your ex, but like they still throw that supernatural stuff at you, but um, it's, it is slightly off. I would say the Tomb Raider remakes uh, are more in line with Indiana Jones and Uncharted is where like Lara will go on some island. I, have you ever played the Tomb Raider remakes? I played the first two of them i'm trying to remember if i even finished the second one i think i did um they didn't the, speak they didn't speak to me the way these do though they felt a little more soulless i don't know why really i see i love yeah. i i really like the tomb raider remakes i think they they take a lot i, I don't know i really they're well done they're well done i just never felt like these i will go back to and replay those i never felt interesting see i love those tomb raider remakes anyway um yeah so the uh, I lost my uh, in in the Tomb Raider remake. Like it is, there is like a very clear supernatural thing that like the supernatural thing that you discover on the island isn't the plot twist. Like it is in, I shouldn't say the plot twist isn't like some side thing. Like it is in Uncharted. It's very much like it is in Indiana Jones, where it's like, oh, there's this legend of such and such, and that's why we can't leave this island. And then. They get, they find out that that legend of such and such is the reason they can't leave this island. Like it's a supernatural power that's keeping them from leaving the island, and that would that's right. a very Indiana Jones style of I guess uh, storytelling. And in, like you said, in Uncharted, it's it's not like the supernatural things are there, but you know it's it subverts your expectations. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, and before we move off, I want to give credit to the voice actors too. So, uh, Emily Rose is, uh, Elena Fisher. She is great, but, um, Nolan North is kind of a, a singular video game protagonist voiceover talent. <laughs> yep. Um, you know, he is, I mean, he ended up playing so many video game protagonists because of Nathan Drake, just a million voices. And, um, and, and a lot of the times they would, they would just ask him, just do it again. The man like has like the, the perfect voice of a protagonist. And um, which is not to say he isn't good. He's extremely charming and he is versatile because like in the last of us, he plays like one of the most odious villains they've ever created in any. Exactly. In any and you would fiction. never, 
I didn't never know he was that villain until like after I had like I think it was my second playthrough of the game. Like, wait a minute, that's Nolan North? Are you kidding me? Like, he does his, he throws on such a completely different voice, and he's so different from like the affable Nathan Drake that he's it, it's what a insane performance. What a, it's amazing. My wife uh, was a big fan of Pretty Little Liars, which is this TV show that he was on <laughs> as a major character. Yes, he was the dad of one of the. My wife also watched that show, so I know. Oh, exactly holy shit! All right, well, hopefully we got to pull over the car for a minute. Um, yeah, it was really weird to watch it. First of all, you're watching him in live action, which I'm so used to just hearing his voice. I'm not used to seeing his face. Yeah. Uh, so that was a trait, but I had to like kind of keep telling my wife like, no, no, he's like this big deal in like video games. And she's like, I could not care less. Please, you know, <laughs> keep, keep, keep this away from me. But, uh, yeah, he is a good actor. He's really good. Um, and I, I'm, I'll drop in clips here and there, of course, as I always do. So you can hear what Nathan Drake sounds like, but he is. He's just so affable and genial, and that that's given rise to a bit of a controversy around these games about ludo narrative dissonance, where it's like people always yeah. point to this and go, like, he's you know, geez, he's you know, he mo he throughout the course of a game, he must kill a thousand people, but he doesn't have any PTSD. He's like this still happy go lucky treasure hunting guy, and it's like, I guess, but I'd like to introduce you to thirty years of video games before this, where you did nothing but shoot things in the face. Like yeah. why, why is why is this the 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 point to argue this? I, I never got it. I I under I think they are technically correct, but at the same time, it's also technically correct to be like, who cares? It's a video game. Like you're you're not. And Indiana Jones does the same thing. Yeah, you know? and I would say the only time that it's been bad, and I, I this is slight spoilers for Uncharted: Golden Abyss. Very slight spoilers. I, I won't I won't give away the twist of that game. Um, in that game, you know, Nathan Drake has a moment towards the end of the game where the, like someone that he trusts uh, double crosses him and he has a chance to kill him and he can't do it. And even in the final moments of the game, he has a chance to kill him and he can't do it. Um, because he's like, I just, I don't, I don't have it in me to like kill him. And I'm like, Dude, you just spent the entire game killing like hundreds and hundreds of men. This guy made something personal against you and tried to kill you numerous times. And you're like, nah, I can't, I can't do it this time. It just, it, that's the only time where I'm like, yeah, that's a little bit of a stretch when it's like in the other games, you know, he doesn't have, there's, there, he never comes across that moral quandary for the most part. This one, he confronts it pretty head on where it, and it's like, but you just killed like hundreds of people to get to him. And now all of a sudden you're like, I can't do it. It's not morally right. Yeah. And all the people that you're killing, by the way, throughout this game, they're all like, they got it common. They're all uh, like Blackwater mercs for hire. And they so attack you, you first. don't have to feel too bad. They, they attack you first. And, you know, they, it, it belongs in a museum. Uh, you know, <laughs> you're not going to use whatever this is for evil. You might be out for like fortune and glory, uh, as Indiana Jones would say, but you are not. Um, like in the second game, you're trying to reach Shangri-La first because the guy who is you're basically who's trying to get there ahead of you is like an Eastern European war criminal. And like yep. God knows what he's going to do with this treasure when he finds it. Right. You you have the moral right in these uh, in these stories. So usually um, yeah. we, usually. Uh, but he is, like I said, still a lovable con man, too, in a lot of ways. But uh, we were we to get back to the characters. We we're still a few bunch that we have to mention. Sully. We have not talked about Sully. Played by the good old Richard McGonagall, one of the best characters, some of the best one-liners you'll ever hear 
in of any character in a game. He's one of those characters where, you know, how like there's how can I put this? It doesn't. I'm not saying this makes it okay, but there's characters that you see in film and TV where it's like they say questionable things, you know, that might be problematic. But you can, but when they deliver those lines, you can almost tell like there's no actual hatred or malice behind it. It's all meant in like in jest, if that makes sense. Sully is that type of character where like it would be very hard to be mad at anything Sully said because Sully's not actually trying to offend anyone, if that makes sense. Okay, look. First of all, that was no astrolabe. It's some sort of decoding device. Check this out. On his way around the world, Drake sailed through the East Indies. Only he says that it took him six months to get from here to here. Yeah, so? So it doesn't add up. He was way too good a sailor for that. It would have taken him a month. Tops. He was hiding something. Something big. How big? Like secret mission from the Queen big. Like millions in plunder treasure that hasn't ever been recovered big. That big? That big. And that decoder has something to do with it. I would bet my life on it. Oh, swell. And Marlowe's got it. Won't do her much good without the key. So it's a stalemate, then? For now. <laughs> so you still haven't told me what your name is? And you still haven't told me what you want from me. Okay. Look, you got talent, but you got a lot to learn. You stick with me, and I'll teach you a few things. Thanks. But I'm doing just fine on my own. Yeah, clearly. What do you say we uh, try this again? My friends call me Sully. Nathan Drake. Nate. Drake, huh? Okay. I see great things in our future, kid. Great things. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's not Archie Bunker. You know what I mean? No. <laughs> he, he, this is, uh, he's Nathan Drake's mentor figure, his father figure, his surrogate father. Yes. Basically, we find out he, he he ran into, they were both trying to rob the same museum in Argentina when he's... <laughs> yep. Drake is like, you know, 13 years old or something. Mm -hmm. And so this guy takes a shine to him. Um, and and his storyline in three is one of the things I love about it the most. Um, I, that that aspect of the game, I think, shines really well yes, uh, because it's all agree. about you know their their heartfelt relationship with each other. Him almost losing Sully. And like and Sully's always the conscience as well, where he's usually saying, hey, kid, you're getting in over your head. You're, you know. Time to pull it back. Don't you know he's he's there to kind of be that figure for him. But you're right. He's also this cigar chomping, hilarious dude uh, who's been there and seen it all. Like he is just as every bit as you know. He's getting a little uh, getting a little weak in the joints. You know, he's getting a little on in years, but he's every bit as formidable as he, he ever was. Like he's it's such a miscast to make him Mark Wahlberg in the movie. It's yeah, like a colossal. That's one of the biggest colossal. Like I'll buy Tom Holland as like a younger Nathan Drake. And by the way, I haven't actually seen it, so I, I know I don't. I'm it's not fine. From a position it's not, of knowledge. But. It's, I saw it in theaters. It's fine. It's just it's 
one of those things where what is it it, it kind of reminds me of like they did that tomb raider movie somewhat recently not the angelina jolie tomb raider movies the but alicia like, vikander yeah where it was just a retelling of one of the games and i'm just kind of like this is fine but it just doesn't like tom holland yeah who's this for like tom holland's having a good time with it um Mark Wahlberg, I don't. It was fine. It he, he it was definitely a miscast. I'm with you on it. He's just not Sully. He's a fine actor, but he's just not. He's so mismatched from what this character is. He's just not. It's not who, right. Who would you um, cast? Yeah. Who would you cast oh, for, for Sully? Geez. That's the. I'm trying to think of like an actor who would be. A good J.K. Fit. Simmons. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. One hundred percent. He has. The, he's not the, that far off of James, J. Jonah Jameson. He's nicer. He's a lot nicer than J. Jonah Jameson. Yes. He's close. But it's it's um, the so, it's yeah. the comedic timing. The like the uh, J. Jonah Jameson. Not J. Jonah. Sorry, J.K. Simmons. Didn't he get like super buff for a role somewhat recently? Or maybe it was. Oh, a I don't know. It was recently. Ago. I mean, there was. I mean, he was the, you know this terrifying neo-Nazi in Oz. But that was at like it was like twenty-five years ago. Yeah, that was that was a while ago. I never saw yeah, Oz I either. I just I've heard it's good. It it is good, yeah. I'll, 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 I'll vouch for Oz, uh, but sort of, yeah. He this the three of them, uh, Nathan, Elena, and Sully. Like they are the kind of like the the foundation of the whole thing. They are the mm-hmm. three most important characters in it. There's a lot of really fun side characters. Chloe Fraser is worth a mention. Who's yep. this ex lover of Drake's? Well, another ex, you know ex, treasure hunter. Well, and she's especially worth a mention because she gets her own game, uh, Uncharted Lost yeah. Legacy. Yeah, she they, they they do a lot with her. She's this uh, husky voiced British. Uh, well, she's not originally. She has a British accent, but I guess she's originally from India. If I'm correct, she's originally um, from India, but she speaks yeah. in an Australian accent or something like that. Um, yeah, so yeah, I, she she's an awesome character. That you meet her in Uncharted two. She appears in every game, with the exception of Uncharted Golden Abyss. Since like, and from, four, doesn't she appear in four? No, that's why they did the Lost Legacy thing. Because she, she's, like, oh. oh, she's not even in it. Yeah, she might get a, like a name check, but she's not. Actually, you don't actually see her. Ah, uh, that's a that's a that's a bummer. Because I I think she's one of the most fun characters in the whole series. Like she's uh, she's yeah. she is the female Nathan Drake, and not in like some type of cop out way. Like she's a really fun character to like watch, and especially like Loki. I think Uncharted Lost Legacy is like one of the best games in the series. Hello. Well, so much for foreplay. You mind telling me what the hell is going on? You mean with Flynn? Yeah, you might have warned me. And missed the look on your face? Anyway, you haven't exactly made yourself easy to find. Talk about making yourself easy. Oh, you're not jealous. Let's not forget who walked out on whom. After all, you don't get to be jealous. Wait a minute, Chloe. If it makes you feel any better, my relationship with Flynn is strictly professional. Really? Mostly professional. When I figured out he was actually on to something, I thought you'd want to be in on the action. So what's the plan? Just like we said, we pull the heist... We find the ships and we make off with the treasure. With Flynn? Mm-hmm. And then? And then we split the take three ways and you and I just disappear. Together, this time. I see. 
Until then, he can't know about us. He's gonna be pissed. He's gonna be fine. <coughs> Trust me. She's really I, good. She's, you know, yeah. what I love about her is uh, she's one of those great characters where, like, you never know if you can fully trust her, but, you know, no. you kind of can. But they, but they play a lot of that of, like, especially, I mean, Uncharted 2, colon, among thieves, right? There's no honor among thieves. That's kind of the, the thesis of that game because it's all about kind of people double-crossing each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, it, I yeah, she, her place in there is, like, she, you kind of need her. She helps take the piss out of Nathan. I guess all of the characters do that, but... Um, <laughs> He's she's especially good at, uh, you know, delivering a lot of comedic one liners and stuff like all of these all of these characters, especially at least your hero characters are really good at playing at the top of their intelligence. Like they are all clever, interesting people mm-hmm. with, you know, with an interesting worldview. So they're, they're a lot of fun. Um, do you have any favorite characters among the villains? Um, among the villains? Uh, I would for as much as I love this series, mo- many of the villains don't have great backstory. I would say the fourth one out of all of them. I can't even remember his name. I just know he had the most Rafe. Rafe there we go. Um, that's cause that's one that sword fight at the end of four is just phenomenal. One of the f- most fun final bosses in, in the series, which isn't saying much. Like I, I think what's frustrating is like they, they do some really cool stuff in other games. Like the first game, okay, fine. The the villain isn't like that interesting. Second one, uh Lazar, he's just Lazarovich, yeah. Lazarovich, yeah, he's just he's just a He's, he's a warlord. A, he's a warlord. Third game with Marlo, I thought she She's had cool. the p- t- potential to be super interesting. And then they just didn't do anything with her. Where like she <sighs> It's like you you build up all this backstory about how she's connected to Sully and how Nate and Sully first meet and how all this kind of goes down. And it's all this really interesting backstory. And then there's not really – it's never really followed through. And I think a lot of that – like we've said before, that Uncharted 3 had a lot of production issues. Um, What is it? They introduce a character named Cutter in that game and then – he disappears like short shortly after he the gets game injured. Begins. Yeah. Well, it's it, they, yeah. Charlie well, they Cutter, wrote him he, off because the actor who per, portrays him had a contractual issues, contractual a different contractual obligation that he, apparently he was unaware of. So they had to scrap the character last minute and rewrite stuff in order to because they they did they, they he literally ducked out midway through development because of this other contractual issue. I didn't know that. I just figured because what happens in the game is, you know, he get he gets injured and, you know, he's no longer part of the quest after that point. Um, but that's, I didn't realize they had to literally write him out for that reason. I, I believe he also gets name checked here and there in Uncharted 4. But, yeah, you don't see him. Yeah. So I would say my favorite villain is Rafe. Sam just stole our goddamn boat. He's headed for every ship. Come on. Let him. We're done. We're done. Most of my men are dead, Rafe. And those who aren't have already left. Can you see that? The end is literally in sight. That maniac pirate of yours has rigged this entire cave. I'm not setting foot on his ship. Nadine, if you cut and run right now, the loss of all your men, everything that we've done, is for nothing. We have millions in gold right here. I'd say that plus our lives is something. No wonder so many of your men abandoned. 
Excuse me? We're on the verge of making history here, and you're willing to just walk off with a pittance, a fraction of what Sam's gonna get from that boat. If he can walk away from that ship alive, he can have it. Hell, I'd say he's earned it. God knows you didn't. Now look, we can stand here and insult each other all day, or we can finish what it is that we've Well, we're finishing it, all right. Sorry, ma'am. Thing about mercenaries, Nadine, their loyalty, it's bought. It's not earned. Now, come on. Either we can finish this thing together, or we can just end it right here. My favorite boss fight, though, is Lazarevich. Because um, that's the only one that actually feels like a boss fight. Most yeah, like what an ideal boss fight should usually be is something that tests the skills of the mechanics that the game has taught you throughout the game. In uh, Uncharted One, it's essentially just a QTE thing. Like you just have to you you basically That's a quick time event for you non gamers. Yes. Yeah, you have to the dude shoots like three times, and then you have to dodge to the next section and then the dude shoots three times and then you dodge to the next uh then you have to like dot like jump and cover to the next place that you can hide behind um in the third one marlo it's all you don't i don't, I don't you don't fight her if, directly she's an old lady you're not gonna yeah gonna do? that's like, which which i which i like in terms of like that's a really cool idea for a villain but they don't do once again they don't do a lot with her but the the person that you do end up fighting is like one of her henchmen or whatever like a pretty mm-hmm. like second like her second in command basically and it's also once again quick time events but you have you might have to mash the buttons a little bit that's about it uncharted yeah. 4 had a unique combination of quick time events and actual gameplay um but uh and even lost legacy kind of was quick time events uncharted 2 with lazarevich is the only one that is an actual legitimate boss fight and not just a quick time event mashing spree where you have this little arena you have to run away from lazarevich because he's roided out on this like tree of life sap and you have to you have to kite him around this big arena and then as you're running behind you there's like the trees grow these uh sap sacks you have to shoot them and they explode that's how you injure him. So you have to dodge him and like do all this other stuff and kite him around just to get him to run past these trees with the sap sacks on him. And so that way you can shoot him. And that's testing your uh, dodge mechanics. That's testing your movement. That's testing your accuracy. That's testing all of these different skills that they have taught you throughout this game. And none of the other games have a boss fight like that. And I, I really, I'm not, I really wish they would do more stuff like that. That's an actual boss fight and not just a quick time event spree. I, I feel you on that too. I do like Marlo as a villain only because again, like, yeah, she is it's an interesting idea to play against type by having the villain be this kind of formidable, you know, Helen Mirren, mm-hmm. uh, you know, character. 
to not literally Helen Mirren, but that's kind of the type. She kind of um, looks like her. She does look like her a little bit, but yeah, she is an interesting foil um, because it's not, it's her ruthlessness that makes her a great villain as opposed to obviously she's not physically imposing in any way. Mm. Um, so she's, she is cool. Uh, there is one more character I think we need to talk about and that's Sam, uh, Nathan's brother who we meet in, in Uncharted for. I, at first I was a little like, oh man, long lost brother. That is some tropey shit. Um, but they do it in a way that works where they were out, you know, in, uh, was it Nicaragua or something in Central America, um, trying to find a clue that would lead them to the pirate Henry Avery's lost fleet. Um, mm-hmm. Because Henry Avery famously had the biggest score of any pirate of the Golden Age of Piracy and then disappeared with the treasure. Uh, this is a true thing. So, um, and, and then enduring that, you believe he has been killed uh, in their escape from this, and in fact, he was not killed. He wasn't. He was just retaken as a prisoner, and Nathan was, you know, never tried to get back to him or whatever. So they they do enough to justify it, even though it's a little bit weird. Um, but just it's uh, he's played by Troy Baker, who's uh, Joel from The Last of Us in the games, uh, and it's just a well like lived in relationship the two of them like for for mm-hmm. something they just pulled out of the bag for the fourth and basically final game like it, it was impressive to build that much emotion into it and you you get a little bit more characterization of Sam in Lost Legacy where Lost Legacy uh, he is in it along with Chloe and Nadine who is the another <laughs> uncharted she's 4 a villain. character from uncharted 4 yeah which i i forgot when i was replaying lost legacy i was like oh so i i completely forgot where she came from and it makes it it's a weird connection but i i kind of buy it still nonetheless um but i think she's again I, for hire so yes and, and i think what I, I i end up loving about like the drake and sam relationship is just that it does like you said it lived in is the perfect uh, adjective for or descriptor of it it is exactly it feels like a sibling relationship it doesn't feel forced it doesn't feel contrived which doing that in such a brand new character with a brand new character or the fourth game of the series is very difficult to do to make a character who has not been in the games prior feel like they were the entire time <sighs> I nearly shot your head off <sighs> Sam Okay. Yeah. Nothing I can't walk away from. It's good to see you alive, little brother. Come on. We got a treasure to find. Hold up, man. I mean, what are we doing? What do you mean? I mean, our supplies are at the bottom of the Indian Ocean. Okay, so we go steal some from Nadine's army. Yeah, and there's that. We're going up against an army. We've been holding our own so far. While being marooned in the middle of nowhere. We were trying to get here, remember? When we had an escape plan. Just hear me out. Crazy suggestion. Let's go down there and at least secure one of Rafe's boats. The boats can wait. You want to know what we're doing here? We are buying my life back. Okay, and we're going to do that by stepping into that jungle and finding Libertalian. Do you even seen any signs of a massive pirate colony because i sure the hell haven't it's a little late to start developing doubts don't you think Look, can we at least acknowledge the chance that maybe avery's idea for a secret pirate utopia didn't pan out <laughs> and maybe we're just swept up in this fantasy when instead we should be looking for a real way to save you i'm gonna scour this island 
inch by inch if I have to until I find that treasure. Now, if you're confused about what you're doing here, then you can go home, Nathan. Wait, wait, wait. I can go home? Are you kidding me? Do you have any idea what I put on the line to get you here? About what I put on the line. Okay? The last 15 years of my this life. This has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with that. And I think credit to that goes to, you know, because it's so important to, you know, figuring out who this guy really is, mm-hmm. you know, as a person. You, you spend, one of these things these games do really well is they trust the player a lot in terms of their pacing. Um, I think I've mentioned this before, but like one of my favorite moments is uh, is in three where you have this you know, crazy set piece where you uh, where you're you know fighting guys on an airplane and you crash in the desert and they're willing to spend a, a chapter of just you wandering in the desert like hallucinating with like no you're, there's no platforming there's no shooting there's it's just mm-hmm. you moving through space and then telling you a story and it's their confidence of them going like don't worry we know you'll get back to the shooting and ju- just go with us on this and they this is something they do well as a studio and they've just kept doubling down on it and doubling down on it. So like in four, like you spend all this time wandering through Nathan Drake's house and looking at the knickknacks in his attic. And it's all, it all pays off in terms of character depth and development. Like it's worth it for them to say, you know, we're, we're going to hold off on the, the shooting and the things go boom. Like this is yeah. all just as important. And they doubled down on that in the same game at the very end when you're playing as uh, spoiler alert for people who have not played Uncharted 4. This is a pretty big spoiler. Uh, Cassie, Drake's daughter, Drake and Elena's daughter, as she's exploring in the post credits like level, you're exploring it's an epilogue, their house. Yeah. An epilogue, yeah. It's awesome. It's a really cool moment that, yeah, it's like the end of the game, so you don't have all the shooty, shooty, blow them up stuff, but uh, it's. It, it kind of shows the life that Elena and Drake have lived since then. And even uh, prior to that, like one of the best Easter eggs in Uncharted 4 is when you can play that level of Crash Bandicoot and you're playing right. against Elena. Like it's a really, uh, it's a really great moment in the, in the game where like you in the series where you get to finally see a little bit more of Nathan Drake, the person as opposed to Nathan Drake, the caricature. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, while we're on this sort of subject of, of the shoot 'em up, bang bang stuff, though, one thing we haven't really talked about in depth are these set pieces, which I think are. Th- this is kind of where these things really shine. Mm-hmm. Um, you, know, you take all this character, this this character development stuff is good. Um, the gameplay stuff is fine, but like you you marry that with these incredible set pieces. And you get something really special. And, and it is their best attempt to emulate what you see in an Indiana Jones movie, right? You think of the, these great sequences from Indiana Jones, whether it's you know him going through the temple at the beginning of Raiders, the minecart ride in Temple of Doom, the, uh, the chase with the tanks in the desert with, in Last Crusade. Like, they do stuff that's on that level, and you get to actually do... Like be Indiana Jones jumping from tank to tank. Like in Uncharted Three, there's one where you're like you're on a horseback, you're chasing after little like tanks in the desert. They're basically yeah. sort of doing an homage to it, and like you're doing it, you're moving from thing to thing. In um in Uncharted Four, you have all these vehicular combat things while you're you know flying. To, like I mean, all of this stuff is executed at an incredibly high level, and you're participating in it in a way that's not just, you know, quick time event. Okay. Push X to then do the thing. Exactly. Right. You really have to make your way through this crazy obstacle course. And then some of them are not 
action based. Some of them are just like shock and awe, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in terms of just like, oh my god, I've got to climb this incredible, you know, fifty foot statue of Ganesh or whatever I've got to do. <laughs> um, it's you know, incredibly, uh, you know, ver- incredible verticality or just visuals and stuff. Do you, do you have one of these that's your favorite? It's funny, for as much grief as I give Uncharted 3 for its narrative structure and everything, it's got some of the most memorable set pieces in the entire series. The capsized ocean liner that I already mentioned before, but there's also like the French chateau that is like burning down around you. And then you you escape into a... I think it's a 3 is the French chateau. Um, yeah. But you escape into like this cave... And there's these weird horror spiders that are hanging out there. And you need to light up the torches so that way you can, uh, they don't, because they're afraid of the light. It's very horror-esque. Um, and I, I, like that, even that, even though it's kind of like a slower paced set piece, it it's still super memorable to me. Um, Uncharted 2. And, creepy, and, and a bunch of creepy crawlies is very yes. Indiana Jones as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and Uncharted 2, the, the whole you know, platforming on a train dangling off a cliff. Uh, that's super memorable. Um, I'm trying to think what else, but those are the ones that stick out to me the most. Like Uncharted 3, for the most part, like really had like a lot of like incredible set pieces and visuals. And uh, n- something we, we haven't brought up, but it just got got me thinking of it here. Naughty Dog in this series is incredible is one of their one of their biggest accomplishments in this series i should say is their technical prowess of the ps3 or whichever system they were using on um each game they picked a different texture or a different substance to truly truly master like if you look at uncharted one it's water like the water physics are not i'm not saying they're great compared to today's standards but for 2007 when it came out it blew people's minds um in um, Uncharted Two Among Thieves. It was the snow physics in the in up in the Himalayas. In the Himalayas, yeah. Where like the way snow falls and how it kind of whirls around the characters and it like the snow actually reacts somewhat realistically. And then in the third game, it was all sand. Which I mean, they could probably use some similar physics stuff that they did with the snow, but obviously, sand does react differently than they do than snow does when you step in it and how the wind affects it and all this other stuff. But it was, it was, you know, they have you like traipsing through sand dunes and stuff and it yeah. like, yeah, you're sliding down them realistically. It's impressive. It, it um, is. As far as, yeah, I was gonna no, say, as far no, as set ahead. pieces from, yeah, yeah. The, the train thing in uncharted two, I think can't be understood. It's one of the best openings of any game I've ever played. And it's one of the reasons that game, I think really puts the, put the series on the map and because you begin the game in media res, we, you know, you, you start on this train, you'll eventually catch up with the plot back to how did mm-hmm. I end up on this train dangling over the edge of a cliff in the Himalayas. But yeah, you wake up, you know, you've been knocked unconscious. You wake up, this thing is dangling. You have to climb up out of this train car up the side of it, which is a tutorial to teach you the climbing. But the, just the visual of it is so striking. The other one I was thinking of from uh, uncharted two, um, is uh there's this scene so you're at a you're in this city you know as you're looking for temples and things that will give you clues and stuff urban warfare Um, i think i know i think it's mission five mm -hmm. (laughs) i'm actually yeah so yeah so you're in this city where like it's semi-occupied by these you know evil forces and stuff and you wind up in a hotel 
kind of you're climbing you climb up and up and up and all of a sudden like to get a view of the city and now that they're on you and you're making your way through this hotel you're shooting all these guys and at some point this helicopter starts harrying you Mm -hmm. and uh, and chloe and they there's a at some point a, a, a rocket gets fired at the hotel which causes the floor to collapse and all of a sudden you you know you go from like running around shooting guys to the floor is sliding you're now yeah. at like a 60 degree angle sliding towards a window that you know you know a fatal flaw out the window as you're sliding towards this as this building is collapsing and you're fighting guys in it and that's what i'm talking about where it's not just like oh we're going to show you something you're going to have to make your way through this thing mm-hmm. and it's not that it's super challenging but the the like the adrenaline and the whiz bang effect of it is just it's the, nobody does this stuff like naughty dog does it no it, they they i think that's what has endured me to, i think that's why this series has endured as long as it has because it's it even uncharted one for what for as much grief as people give it now i still think it's a game that holds up really well the voice acting and characters are still super fun to watch and the set pieces to to bring it to what we were talking about here specifically the set pieces are still fun like the like there's not like i'm not saying they're as impressive as what we're used to now but like i still think it like the going people hate this mission but i think it's a decent set piece where you're going up the river on a jet ski and a and a freaking uh grenade launcher and you're just like to chunk just shooting guys as you go along like people hate that level i kind of enjoy it actually if because if as long as you go slowly um yeah and even or like uh what is it there's like this platforming segment earlier on where you are you have to like there's like a, a jeep that is like straddle like that's stuck between two pillars that you have to traverse traverse over and you can't make the jump but you can walk across the jeep and you have to get across the jeep before it falls into the river and you know goes away forever type of thing so even uncharted one it has those moments it has those like really uh fun aspects of it but it's just the uncharted two and three and obviously four they really cranked up the set pieces Interestingly enough, one game in the series that kind of doesn't have a lot of that is Golden Abyss for the Vita. Um, there's not a lot of set pieces in that game um, at all. And it's kind of a bummer, but they kind of make up for it in... Uh, yes and no, that that game has more content than I ever expect an Uncharted game to have. Like Uncharted already has a ton of content. They have a lot of collectibles for you to um, gather, and then obviously two and three and four has multiplayer. Uh, but in um, Golden Abyss, there's a ton, of, like way too many collectibles, actually, in my opinion. But it uses the Vita stuff, the Vita's touchscreens, really well, where the, you have to do charcoal etchings and you have to kind of scrape across your finger to like etch things in. There, you find different. Um, objects and you have to rub the dirt off of it so you rotate the object with the back touchpad and then you uh, rub the the front touchpad with your finger to get rid of the dirt off of the object uh where so where where they kind of like drop the ball in terms of uh set pieces they try to make up for it with all the interactivity on the vita i personally don't think it makes up for it but that was that seems to me like their version of like well, the players are going to feel more immersed if they can do touchscreen stuff. So, like, a lot of the hand-to-hand combat in Golden Abyss is touchscreen, which I think is kind of awful. So, like, you'll run up to an enemy. You'll hit square to attack. You'll throw one punch, and then the guy will, like, you'll it'll connect. 
But then in your next punch, the guy will grab your arm and then you have to swipe like diagonal up and right to like break the hold or something like that. So it, mm. you're in the middle of trying to like mash square to attack. And it's like, oh, oh shit, I got it. Okay, let me completely take my hand off of the Vita so I can swipe in a specific direction and then I can go back and do it. Um, so the 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 logic of it being is that you are literally putting your hands on the enemy so it's supposed to be immersive like you know you are like putting your hand on the enemy you're punching but it, to me it just kind of comes as cumbersome more than anything uh but it's still like it's still a cool game i wish it did have more set pieces though cuz uncharted 3 2 3 and 4 have just some of the best in the just the best out there yeah, this stuff really is incredible. And I think that's the thing that keeps me coming back to these. The same reason I keep going back to watch Indiana Jones movies, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's like I, I want to relive this thrilling sequence. And they give you so many. And they also give you puzzles. Um, we haven't talked about that. But th- this is another piece of the, the Indiana Jones DNA that they have to give you, which is like, yeah, yeah, you're going to be, you know, you turn this wheel inside this ancient temple and something, some statue turns to face another statue and you have to do this stuff in the right order. And none of it is like, there's not incredible intellectual rigor behind them. They want you to succeed. Mm -hmm. But again, it's not about that. It's about you getting to enjoy the experience of like, yeah, I'm being Indiana Jones for, for a minute here while, you know, in between combat and, you know, prowling around or, or, platforming my way up the side of a a cliff like i get to do this because if if it wasn't in there it wouldn't feel true to the genre like Mm -hmm. you have to have this puzzle stuff in there too and some of the puzzles are decently challenging they're never like anything outrageous like you don't have to be a a scholar to figure them out but there are a few that like i remember giving me a hard time specifically i want to say in three like i understood the puzzle but it's more trial and error where you had to like take a bunch of like there's like these movable like not spikes but like poles and they had like weird arms and like bits of armor dangling off it and you had to move them all around so that way when a light source shined on them even though these oh, light they cast people, the right shadow yeah they were casting the right shadow which i know i, I know like what this, you're talking about i like those kinds of puzzles i they, they always feel satisfying to me and it's always cool to see what shadow they're trying to make they, the game wants you to make yeah, that is one of the better memorable ones. I'd forgotten about that one, but that is uh, that one is more interesting than, like I said, just like, you know, turn these cranks to see something move. Um, they, so they are, uh, like I said, true to the genre. Um, it would feel weird if they weren't there. And it's not like Indiana Jones spends a ton of time on these, right? It's like, spell Jehovah. You know, it's not, <laughs> it's not, it's not, it's not take forever. Um, but it, it feels like, it, you know, you have to have this in there. Or, you know, because if you are an ancient people, you need to put this into your tombs and clearly it's a a major part of architecture yeah yeah it's only recently this dropped out of architecture school the need for this kind of booby trap (laughs) what are you talking about (laughs) Uh, your house doesn't have isn't filled with booby traps not yet (laughs) (laughs) give give, give me time Uh, the penitent man shall pass um (laughs) So, yeah, uh, you know, we've, we've kind of covered it from beginning to end here. Um, so, Josh, what is it you think about this series that it's I have to say there's been a lot of restraint because I'm sure there was a lot of calls for Naughty Dog to make another one. Um, but they ended it, you know, in a good place. I think it would be weird to, you know, open it back up and, and add on another, you know, an Uncharted 5 now because they they kind of brought the plane in for a landing real well. Uh, you know, so it now lives as, as a historical record, right? We go back to Uncharted. We're not waiting for a new one. Mm-hmm. Um, and why do you think it is that people still love this series all this, uh, you know, 
few decades on now? I think it's a combination of the set pieces, the cinematic nature of the storytelling, and the characters. Like this would not this game would not work if the characters weren't at least likable. I understand not everyone likes Nathan Drake. There's always you always see those snarky comments about about it, but I I don't know. I just I, Nathan Drake is an affable character. He's so is Sully, so is Elena, so is even Chloe. As much as she is kind of like an interesting character, where she's never going to be go full straight villain, but you know she might dick over Drake if it makes her a little bit extra cash on the side. Like even, but even then, you can't help but enjoy her character. Um, like all the all of the main cast are interesting, affable characters for the most part. The villains are semi one dimensional and I don't mean that as an insult because I think sometimes we get too caught up in the idea like every villain needs to have a tragic backstory I'm like or they can just be an asshole or they can just be straight up just evil like you don't need to always justify why someone is an asshole don't get me wrong there's always a place for it but like uh it, by being able to simplify the villain sometimes you're able to uh tell more about your protagonist, uh, tell more about your main character and like kind of use that villain as a catalyst for your main character to turn into something. I'm not saying uncharted does that uncharted for the most part has pretty shallow storytelling up until four, but it's not bad storytelling either. Like they're, they're fun, uh, poppy, uh, uh, pulp, pulpy. That's the word I was looking pulp fiction adventure type of stuff. It's, just entertaining and i think that's why it it i think that's why people still enjoy these games because i mean it kind of as a compliment it's kind of like pop music it's something that is geared to cater to a larger audience than some other games uh though with that said if you don't like third person shooters or action games maybe it's not for you but yeah and i actually think that there's still a future for this series i'm not i don't think for nathan drake mind you I, I think they could totally continue to do a Lost Legacy style thing where they bring in characters from outside, from Uncharted, but not do Nathan Drake again because he, his story is told. It's been told for five games now. If you if you count Golden Abyss, um, I think it would make sense to like allow either have Chloe come back or you could even do um, some of the like. It, uh, you could technically do a young Nathan Drake, though. I wouldn't want to see that. Um, nah. but Pass. you know what actually would be really cool? Adventures of Sully before Nathan Drake. You could do that. You could go back in time. I mean, the universe is definitely ripe for this stuff. Yeah. But I would say, you know, I remember this. The first Uncharted game came out. What you said it was oh seven. Yes. I think Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was oh eight, and oh, there was definitely. And I, I liked Dial of Destiny. It was fine. Um, you know, certainly a redemption compared to that last one. But there was a sense of like, I really wanted more Indiana Jones in my life, but I could see the the actual Indiana Jones franchise wasn't going to give it to me. And this did like th this was like, I don't you know, I don't need more Indiana Jones. I have Uncharted one, two, three and four. And going back to those, um, you know, time and again, it's like it gives me the same thrill that like watching Temple of Doom does. Like it, mm -hmm. it, it brings me back into that world of treasure hunting in a way that I get to participate in more. And I think I, you know, every so often, I, I just feel like, yeah, man, it's time to go through these again. Like they're they're just so they're so fun and they're so well made, and it's just it's a th it is a thrill ride, it is a roller coaster. But like I said, once it's like, hey, I'm I'm gonna go on the Matterhorn again. That's you know, just as I did when I was you know 
five years old or, or 10 or whatever I went on it the first time. And it's still a good ride. And I also think to, to kind of piggyback off what you said there, it, the ride, uh, equating it with the ride is like perfect because why do you think people like Indiana Jones still? It's because the set pieces are like individual rides throughout this journey through a theme park. Like the, you mentioned Temple Doom, the minecart chase at the end is one of the best action set pieces in a movie. Um, you have like, you know, obviously the boulder at the beginning of Raiders of the Lost Ark. You have the whole, like, I still can't get over the freaking car chase in Raiders where Indy is like, you know, dragging on the bottom of the, of the truck and his feet are dragging. It just all done practically by a stunt man that it's just wild to me. And, with Uncharted, you get those set pieces. It's a video game version of of Indiana Jones because it tries to mimic those set pieces as well as the other stuff, you know, like historical fiction and all that other stuff and, like, really trying to explore, like, mysteries and, and like, trying to solve mysteries without actually solving them in actuality, stuff like that. Like, it's enjoyable. It's a lot of fun. So I, I think this series will... I, it, it's kind of a similar thing where pe- why people still like supernatural stuff. Like, it's... It's like you you're 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 honing into something that I feel like is human nature where they're picking mysteries that have never been solved historical mysteries that are centuries old that anyone's like I could figure that out you just give me you know let me open up a book here I'll find out where you know uh Magellan left he found Shangri-La I'll find Shangri-La you know or like uh the you know, Libertalia from from Uncharted Four, like, what? Oh, there was a whole secret pirate city. I'm like, I'll find Libertalia. You just let me open these books. And I feel like sometimes these games are a little bit of wish fulfillment that people didn't know they had. I think you're right. I think that's a, a great place to to leave it because the, the the games are, you know, it is a wish fulfilled. You get to be Indiana Jones in these things even though you're Nathan is very much his own character and, and so are the characters around him. Like it's, it's the next best thing and it's pretty damn good. Um, Josh, uh, if people want to find you, where do they find you? Well, real quick, before I give my plugs, I got to show you this. I know the audience can't see this, but I have just to say, I'm an uncharted fan. I have the uncharted for Nathan Drake statue from the collector's edition. Right. And then I was gifted this when I worked at GameStop by one, by my boss, actually. The Uncharted 3 statue, which is a lot smaller. I can fit it all in the camera. <laughs> um, but yeah, those this, are cool. Right? I, uh, and my, my, co, my, my boss who gave it to me at GameStop, she also gave me... There's an Uncharted comic book series, um, which I have not read. I have all seven issues, but I, I have not read it yet. Um, hmm. So yeah, I just sorry, I just had to sh- show that real quick. I was like thinking, I'm like, you know what? We're talking Uncharted. I should, I should bring out these, uh, these guys right here. Um, I, I have no Uncharted tchotchkes to to share, unfortunately. But yeah, those a, are neat. I, my kids would destroy them in an hour. That's why uh, my game room is separate from the rest of the house. So my daughter, she comes in here and we'll play games together. But for the most part, she like uh, she like. This game room stays pretty well intact so, so far, knock on wood. But anyway, uh, yeah, so mm-hmm. you were asking where people can find me. You can find the Still Loading Podcast, where all good podcasts are given away for free. Um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, all that good stuff. Um, you can follow me on social media, at Still Loading Pod, pretty much everywhere. Instagram, Twitter, because I refuse to call it the other thing. Um 
oh my gosh, Blue Sky, uh, uh, Twitch is at Still Loading Pod, uh, but YouTube is at Still Loading Podcast. But yeah, so yeah, that's that's my stuff. And like I said at the beginning, if you like uh, in depth, I do. I did an in depth game reviews. I did an episode on each of the Uncharted games with one still to come. Um, I. I just at the time we are recording this, my most recent episode was on Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, where I do a deep dive on that. For example, did you know that when Tony first saw the the tech demo of the game before you know the, the pre 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 alpha build of it, uh, they were using assets from NeverSoft was using assets from one of their other games, which was a game with Bruce Willis on it. So the first time he saw it was uh, the first time he saw Tony Hawk's Pro Skater was. Uh, 3D model of Bruce Willis with a machine gun on his back, skateboarding down a desert. So that's how he first saw. That's how he first saw what his game would become, which I found endlessly amusing. Just the idea of Bruce Willis skateboarding with a machine gun on his back. I hope they put that back into the game eventually. Right? I mean, they would have to get likeness rights, which I don't know. I don't know. Would Bruce Willis do that with his, with the health stuff he's going through now? Anyway, that's, that's way too serious of a turn, but yeah. So I do a lot of research and I try to have fun and that's still loading. I guess it's fun. Question mark. Oh, it's not, it's fun. Exclamation point. I I think you've ranked it. Uh, if, uh, if you like this show, uh, we are on, uh, Roman numeral 10 at nostalgia pod, (laughs) And uh, also on Blue Sky now, at Nostalgia Pod. You can find us on Threads and Instagram at Nostalgia Marcanum. And please, um, if you, of those portals, I would say go to Instagram because that's where I'm posting all, all the bonus stuff that goes with these uh, episodes. Uh, so, yeah, if you have thoughts on our recent episodes, which include this, uh, Calvin and Hobbes, and uh, before that, us doing impressions, uh, which was a lot of fun. Um, I'll also mention, um, if you haven't checked it out yet, I was on an episode of Tales from the Backlog talking about the secret of Monkey Island recently. Uh, and I've got a few more hopeful uh, guest shots on other things coming up soon, so I'll, I'll promo those when they're they're closer to happening. Um, and as far as our next episode, I don't know. I'm way out over my skis, so I'm not sure <laughs> um, what's coming up next to the schedule. But uh, we'll figure it out. We'll have something. I mean, for ha- Halloween's coming up for Christ's sake, so we got to give you something spooky to, to, to hear. So, um, but that's it for now. Um, Josh, thanks again, man, for coming uh, for the second time, and hopefully our audience will get to hear that uh, other episode soon. Thank you for having me, man. It's always it's always a good time, and it's fun just to talk about. I don't know. I, I like shows where it's more about your nostalgia than like research. I have a lot less prep I have to do. <laughs> it's it's wonderful. Yeah, I, I I've engineered it that way, so it's as little work for me as possible. So. <laughs> uh, so, all right, man. Uh, thanks so much, and uh, until next time, that is one more entry in the nostalgia arcade. Adventures of Shark Wahlberg. How you doing? I can't stop swimming or I'll die. So come with me. Let's go. This is a tuna. I love eating these things, but you gotta be careful. Jeremy Piven got mercury poisoning. It's true. Look it up. This is a seal. He married Heidi Klum. I'd hit that.
He tastes great. Over here is a surfer. I'd attack him, but he looks like he's having fun. What do I do for fun? Easy. I play golf and I eat stingrays. This is a rock. One time, I let the rock be in a movie with me. Oh, never mind. That's an octopus. This is a dolphin. I don't mess with these freaking things. I don't like how they smile. Why are you smiling all the time? Grab the peanut butter. It's a jellyfish. One time, one of these called me Sharky Shark, so I bit it until my mouth hurt. These are humans making a shark documentary. They said they want to tag me. You can't tag me. I'm not on Facebook. Hey, look, it's a lobster. Lobsters think they're cool because they're expensive. Well, I was in Sharks Formers, so I can eat them whenever I want. See that? That's the starfish of the ocean. I was the star shark of boogie sharks. See that? That's a whale. Whales talk by using vibrations. Good vibrations. Feel it. Feel it. This is another shark. Oh, no, it's a shark's former. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 